Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Selective Hearing. Of course, I am your host, Julie DeMar, and today I have another special guest with me. We are going to be discussing how to successfully make transitions within your career. Before I get started, I would love to introduce to you Ms. Zaina Kronfel. I'm going to turn the floor over to her so that she can kind of give you a little bit of background uh, about who she is and what it is she does. And we can talk about some of the things that if you are considering making a, a career transition or maybe you just want to focus on something else within the, the career that you already have to help, you know, kind of grow yourself. We're going to talk about how you can do that and how you can do that successfully. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so I I had a, a, a long career in corporate and I used to um, be in marketing and advertising for years. Um, it was a space that I didn't initially think I was going to go into. You know, in, in, in college, I was uh, political science, international studies, decided to pivot into marketing and was told, you know, you don't really need to have the degree for it. So I listened and I, I was able to get into advertising. Um, but very quickly, in my career, I realized that I I just didn't, I didn't see myself doing this forever. Even though I really, really loved what I was doing, I just felt kind of stifled. I, I just saw the people kind of in the, that 10 year trajectory that I was always uh, driven to, to go towards. And I, I saw them having the things that I wanted externally, like the family, the, the money, the status, the whatever, but they just seemed at least like to me from the outside, they just did not seem happy. It was like, you have all the things that you're supposed to go through your career. And once you've obtained those things, then you've arrived, you finally have what should equal success and happiness. But to me, it just, it didn't look like that. And so I um, subconsciously set a glass ceiling for myself and kind of just thought, I guess I can move up right under that, you know, right under C-suite or whatever, whatever that may be. But there's just something going on that doesn't really make sense. So I kind of kept trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to be doing instead of my, my marketing, my advertising career. And I could not for the life of me figure it out. I would be in a job and I would kind of come to the, the end of it thinking like, okay, I, I cannot do this anymore. I'm so exhausted. I, I really just don't like it anymore. Let me make this change and surely that will equate happiness. So I changed states. I changed jobs. I went from the advertising um, in-house agency to work on the client side. I worked for a client that was 100% aligned with who I am and, and traveling the world. And even at the, the height of my career, when I seemingly had all the things that like I thought I really wanted, I still was so miserable. It was kind of in that moment that I realized like, okay, I have, I have to start figuring something out. I have to find someone to talk to. I have to do something. Unfortunately, I was really stubborn. It was just, there, there really didn't seem like there was anyone to talk to. So fast forward a little bit, I ended up in my last role starting, I, I happened to hear about, about coaching from a recruiter um, very randomly. And I, I started, you know, educating myself. I started taking trainings on it. I became certified through the International Coaching Federation. Um, and I was hoping to, to practice it in some capacity within the corporate space. It didn't end up being an option within the work that I, the, the company that I was in. So I ended up further investing in myself and my training and my education. And that led me to, to just leave and just really take the plunge into entrepreneurship 
entrepreneurship, not only going into entrepreneurship, but also into coaching as well. So not only making a transition from one job to another, but also to different worlds, entrepreneurship versus corporate. And so really my business and my practice has been purely modeled by my own experience, kind of thinking back on what could I have really benefited from? What did I need? What do people still need? What is there still, um, you know, a gap in the market for? And so it's extremely fulfilling work to almost go back and kind of coach people who a lot of them resembled, you know, me at, at a certain point. So it's, it's really, really amazing and fulfilling work. So I'm really happy that I was able to find it. And helping people, because I know like just from my own personal experience, like making the transition from one role to another role or even that the whole idea of trying to figure it out. Like, OK, I thought this was it, but maybe this is it or maybe that's it. Like, how do you help people kind of hone in on what their goals really are and um, help them achieve them? Like, how do you do that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, it honestly, it's so funny because at the root of it, all of the ideas are very simple, you know? Um, but we tend to just like gloss over them and just think, oh yeah, yeah, I already know, I already know. So so the first thing that, that I do with my, my clients, regardless of whether they're trying to do a full kind of 180 uh, transition, um, or they want to explore what they have available to them in their existing role, their existing company, it's really just starts at creating awareness, like getting quiet and creating awareness of what is going on. How did I get here? What direction, like what do I know that I want, that I don't want? Um, what is no longer serving me? Because a lot of times we get into situations because it, it was good for us at a, at a certain point in time. It benefited us and we enjoyed it. But then after a while, um, I see this so much in the career space, we tend to overstay our welcome. So we, we are in a job and we start taking on, maybe we're managing people, maybe we're taking on different roles or we've absorbed other, you know, someone left the company and we absorbed their work and no one else was hired to, to take over. Um, so we end up taking on different roles and doing things because it's easier to kind of stay and deal with it than it is to go out and leave, especially if the other circumstances are not too, you know, jarring or upsetting. It's it's very similar, like your how you show up in your career can be very similar to um, how you could show up in a in a relationship. And it's not to say that if you have a thriving relationship that your career is gonna be thriving or vice versa, like it, they don't have to be synonymous, but if you think about it, like, we, uh, our work environment, what we're doing, our job is a, it's a long-term relationship, you know? So if you leave one, say you get laid off, you get fired, you just quit because you can't handle it anymore. Um, we're so encouraged to just start applying immediately and get, throw ourselves into another job without doing any like healing. Or even if we, if we take a new job, we only give ourselves maybe the two weeks that we feel like we owe our employer and then just go right into it. We don't take any time for ourselves to assess like, okay, what do I want to do differently? Um, how can I show up differently? What are some things that I let kind of slide at my last job that I don't want to allow in this, in this new job, like setting different boundaries. So it's, it's really interesting how much we feel like we need to put up with in, in the workspace where we would never do that in any of our other interpersonal relationships. I don't want people to get mad at me for this because I know I brought it up before. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh gosh, I, I don't, I'm not coming for anyone who chooses to stay on a job for 30 or 40 or 50 years and, dis, and chooses to stay in one role. But I was having a conversation with a guest about, you know, like Michigan is like the big three and a lot of people get factory jobs. This, this is just an example, <laughs> but like a lot of people get factory jobs and, you know, at one point in time they were good jobs and they were handing those job applications down to friends and family, you know, kind of like some sort of inheritance. But here you go, you know, here's a job here. And people stayed in those positions and they stayed in those positions unhappily because it was good, it paid the bills, you know, it got, it got things done, which is understandable. I believe that when you develop like a certain level of comfortability, a little bit of fear comes along with that too. If I walk away, what am I, what's gonna be at stake? Even if I'm miserable or whatever, like you go, you. We all like to stray towards the safety blanket. Like what's going to happen? Um, do you find yourself dealing with people who are afraid? Making a transition can be a scary thing. Like I said, people worry about financial stability. They worry about a lot of different things. What advice would you have for someone like concerned about certain things? Yeah. Well, I think at the root of it, you have to be willing to make, to if you're going to seek out coaching or if you're going to seek out any sort of change, a transition, anything like that, you have to understand that it's not necessarily going to be easy. It's going to be worth it, but it's, you know, anything worth it is going to bring some level of challenge, especially if it's something you've never done before. If it's something that you've never seen your environment reflect that is even possible for you. Um, like if you're the first person in your family to have done X, whether it's graduate college, get a job, whatever, you will definitely need that extra level of support. But the first thing is that you need to know that like when you're going through changes, especially massive changes, I like to call them up levels, it forces your environment and the things um, that happen around you to shift as well. And some people will, we'll take people for example, if you decide you want to um, transition, maybe you have a really, uh, a really cushy job and you want to do something more creative, like an, you have, you're a lawyer, and you want to become an artist or something. There's going to be a lot of people who will, you know, say, why would you do that? Because out of their own, they're projecting their own fears and scarcities. And obviously they, they do this with the best intentions. They want to help you and say like, that's crazy. You're not going to make any money. How are you going to feed your family? All of these things. But you have to understand like, is it worth you living this life where you know, like you already know that you're unhappy. So do you want to like live in this situation for the rest of your life? If you've already come to this, this kind of knowing and gnawing that something is, is wrong, because the thing is, that's really your intuition speaking. So when your intuition starts speaking to you and saying like, we need to make a we need to make a change. It doesn't go away. It, it essentially, a lot of times it gets louder over time. So you can just kind of numb it, you can ignore it, but that feeling, that knowing never really goes away. A lot of times people will tell me like, yeah, I knew I should have left this job. I had an opportunity three years in and then five years in and then eight years in, but I didn't listen because, you know, some life event happened or they were scared or whatever it was. And there's nothing wrong with that. You, you have to be ready to take the action because you need to know that it's going to change things in your environment. And there's going to potentially be people that aren't supportive of that. And you have to be okay with letting go of whoever it is and whatever it is that's going to fall off. Like when you're, when you're trying to up level and take your, take your, yourself, like almost like higher up that mountain, you have to understand that there's going to be people who try to hold you down because your 
stepping outside of that box, like that comfort zone makes them uncomfortable. You know, some people will be like, this is amazing. I'm coming with you. If I can't come with you, um, you know, I'm here, I'm supporting you. But there's a lot of people that out of their own scarcity and their own fear will try to print to, to bring you down and, and even jealousy because they see something in you that they don't at that moment see in themselves. So they will do anything that they can to tear you down or whatever it is. But you have to know that you're doing this because it's something that you truly want, you know? And so that's why I say you want to get silent in the beginning, like get quiet, sit with your, with your thoughts and really assess what do I truly want outside of my friends, my family, society? Like if nothing else mattered, what would I be doing every single day that I would lose track of time, that it didn't matter, that I wasn't getting paid anything? Like all of those kinds of questions. It doesn't mean that you're going to move into that job by any means, but it just gives you kind of an idea of, of where you're at. So maybe you find something that lights you up in that, in that area in that space and you do it on the side like as a side hustle as long as you're able to tap into that then any other work that you're doing becomes a little bit more tolerable so instead of putting yourself in a nine to five that's you know 80 percent hell 20 percent okay why not put yourself in something that's 80 percent like lights you up and 20 percent doing the things that like, yeah, I don't really, doesn't light me up that much, but it's a necessary, they're admin tasks or something that I have to do to keep the business running. And I think people struggle to, to connect the dots because we think so extreme. We think of like being where we're at and then where we want to be. We don't think of like the, the steps in between or the opportunities in between. So a lot of people will say, yeah, well, I want to be an artist, but that's not real. I, I can't do that. I'll starve and blah, blah, blah. So they just end up not even exploring their dreams at all. Whereas they could have done, you know, maybe started an Etsy shop or maybe even started drawing, you know, after, after work or on their lunch break and selling things on social media or something and started to build up enough that they could have eventually quit, you know, because of that, that thinking in extremes, um, it's really ultimately at, at the end of the day, we're the ones that, that get in our own way because we don't listen to ourselves and we tend to put all of our value and, and trust everyone around us, society, like people we know, people we don't know to influence what we think we should be doing with our lives. I agree with that 100%. Before I started podcasting and blogging, I was a filmmaker. And I mean, you can make movies on your own cheaply and, <laughs> you know, like throw them on YouTube. And I, I've done that too. But I have also made movies and on my own budget, but I had to go work for someone else in order to do that. But I knew this is just like piggybacking off what you said to like kind of give the audience some more perspective. I knew every time that I went to work that every dollar that I made was going to go into my dream. I yeah. knew I was going to be able to buy a new camera. I knew I was going to be able to buy lights. I knew I was going to be able to invest in what I know I love doing. Mm -hmm. And I know if I continue to do that, that eventually I might, you know, sell a movie. Or I may have created such a following on the internet where I now have monetized those platforms and I'm an independent filmmaker. So I always like let that be the driving force because I, I was a bartender for a very long time. And in the beginning, it's fun. But when you get, start getting up there in your 30s and you're dealing with drunk people, you like, come on, you know, like, 
are you serious? <laughs> it's not fun anymore. <laughs> and like, that was just the reality of my situation for a while. And it's like really, really good money, but like, you're just, like I said, like drunk people are not really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, especially downtown after a baseball game, like they're not fun. And then they've been hammered all day in, in the um, Comerica and then they come over to wherever you are. It's not fun. So I, but I used to tell myself like, hey, yeah, but I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna put this money where I want it to go. So like, I'll deal with this right now because like the picture is is much greater than this. And that is a great attitude to have when you're thinking about transitioning in any aspect of life. Like this is just this season. My next season, this this isn't gonna be a part of that walk. Because I'm I'm walking through this right now. So there's going to be a transition. There's going to be something else. I'm always going to come out of it better. And like, if you keep that attitude with yourself and you continue to just like push on through, like you will get there. I think a lot of us just, like I said, that comfort. We want to run back to that because like yeah, nobody likes being uncomfortable. But like get real uncomfortable. That was something that someone told me before, like get uncomfortable with the idea of being comfort. Get uncomfortable with the idea of comfort. And that's the only way you're gonna get to where you wanna go in life. And so I just had to throw that little tidbit out there because like, I just started thinking about that when you were talking like, yeah, I invested a lot of drunk dollars into my movies. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it worked out, <laughs> it worked out. I was going to ask you this question, but now that I'm looking at it, it seemed fun when I wrote it, but like reading it back right now, it's not that fun. Like, it's just like, yeah. Like what essential skills do people need to make a successful career transition? But I think that. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I feel like people, I wouldn't say that it's, it's, you have to have skills or anything, you know, because I feel like that makes it seem like only certain people have access to do that. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say it's it's less about the skills. It's it's really just kind of like what you were saying, the pushing the ability to push beyond your comfort zone. And I think a really huge thing, kind of like I'd mentioned earlier, that's really important with this is you obviously have yourself and you are you are number one when it comes to this. You are the the person who is, you are the only person who can actually move things along, right? But it's really important if you're doing something or you're going to embark on something that no one in your immediate environment has ever done before, you need to be able to see people who have, have either done that, or maybe it doesn't even exist, whatever you're planning on doing, but you need to like be able to expand your mind to see what is possible. So there's a really good story of the first people who started running, breaking the I forget what it was, a four minute mile or something like that. They, they, no one ever broke this, this mile record. And then once someone start the first person who did that, um, who broke the, the record, then immediately after other people started breaking it because they were able to see that it was possible. So being able to see whether you're watching things on TV, it doesn't really matter whether you know the people that are doing this or you know the situation. Um, of what it is that you want to to accomplish. You don't have to be close to it, but at least seeing like, if you've never, say you come from a family of, of you know, divorced families or something, and you really wanna get married. So start surrounding yourself or looking for what you would picture an ideal marriage or an ideal relationship. So you know, cause you've already surra been surrounded with people who 
have potentially a dysfunctional marriage or whatever that is. So you need to show yourself that it actually is possible. If you're already believing it, then that's amazing. But for the people that really need that extra push, it's really important to surround yourself with people who are are lifting you up as opposed to, to kind of holding you down like we were talking about earlier. Um, so that expansion piece is really key. And then with that, also having support. Support is hands down the most important thing that you can that you can do for yourself when you're going through this because there's gonna be times when you want to quit. So having a coach, a mentor, um, you know, obviously friends and family is is great, but you really need to have someone who is on your side unconditionally because our family and our friends and people in our lives, they they typically do things with the best intentions, but sometimes subconsciously they have motivators that they may not even be aware of. So say you were gonna take a job out of state and your it it was gonna, you know, create tension in your relationship. So maybe your spouse or your partner is telling you, you know, I don't know that this is the best job, not because they don't think it's the best job, they know it's the best job for you. You know, selfishly, they're worried that what's gonna happen when you move? Are we still gonna be together? So being able to find support from people, whether it's communities, whether it's an individual, like a coach, someone who can really pour into you and give you kind of like the spotlight and help you in your specific situation is really important when it comes to that. So less of the the skills, it's more so the like, you know, what are you doing for yourself like internally? And then who are you surrounding yourself with? I'm glad that I asked that question now, because now that I'm looking at my notes, like <laughs> I was like glanced down on my notes and I was like, you just brought up the importance of relationships, basically, which was like the next thing that I was going to go into after that was yeah. like building healthy relationships and surrounding yourself, like you said, with people that can help motivate you and kind of be like your accountability partner when it's like, you know, trying to help you get to those those goals. And what's so crazy is I literally wrote to you, like, what are the, some of the most effective strategies for networking and building positive relationships when making a career transition? And you literally just answered every single thing without me even asking, because I asked you the question about skills. Like, look at that. <laughs> like, so I love good success stories. Like, can you share a success story of someone that you helped? Um, like a high level one. Gosh, it's it's interesting because because when you're going through the coaching relationship, right, you meet people at different places and coaching just by nature of it. Someone may have a really impactful session. They may go through the whole program and it's kind of the same thing, but it's really it's more so a matter of not looking like looking at it, what happened within in the time that we've worked together but even more so what happens after you're not working with me anymore? Like what have you taken? What are you continuing to do on your own? Because a lot of these shifts, especially when we're doing big, big, massive shifts in our life, that takes time. That takes months, years. I'm trying to think of someone off the top of my head that's like a good, a good easy example. Maybe I can give you a few kind of without getting in the weeds of it. I think a lot of people come to, I, I've had people that I've worked with who've been laid off and, and some of them are, you know, I just need to get a job. I, I don't care. I need to get back in. Some of them are really leaning into the, let me actually explore, you know, I have some money saved up. Let me actually really revisit what it is that I want to do because I realized how unhappy I was at this last place and I do not want to make that same mistake again. You know, we always tend to push off our own, you know, self-exploration. It's just, it's just because self-exploration isn't, it's not sexy. No one's excited about going in and doing the work, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but 
it's so beautiful, like the transformation that happens on the other side, like it's so, so worth it, especially when you start seeing the pieces moving along. I think the biggest thing is people coming in and thinking like, oh, I don't really know what to expect out of this because you can't really tell someone what they're going to get out of it necessarily, right? Because they have to put the work in. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the biggest thing is just watching people get that clarity, thinking that in order to transition or in order to get that clarity, they had to maybe go back to school or they had to get this other certification or they had to gain X, Y, and Z external things. Um, which was going to cost time and money and all of this stuff. But really, they needed to kind of calibrate, like recalibrate their internal compass and realize, oh, I actually have these skills. They are transferable. I don't need another certification. It's not even necessary for this job because the more we get these certifications and, and all of these things, these accolades sometimes, why are you, do you keep doing that? And I can speak on this 100% as someone who is had like gone down the education rabbit hole and always been, you know, child of immigrant parents. You have to have all this education, ha got a master's, a handful of certifications now. And it was, I finally got to a point and I was like, when is this gonna stop? Like I can continue getting education forever, but like, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter because it never feels good enough. It's like that constant, you know, constant, um, like that hamster wheel. That, that hamster like, wheel. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm trying to think of, a, of like a really clear, like someone that I can actually share their experience, right? Of a really good transition. I mean, I, I think I work with a lot of creative people just by nature of having come from marketing and advertising. So what I do really love with that is a lot of the, the people, so maybe they used to work for an agency, for instance, or, or were working in the corporate space, and then they decided to go out on their own entrepreneurs, freelances, freelancers. And I think with that is really helping to free them of that kind of corporate narrative of like, this is how you're supposed to show up. This is how you're supposed to do your work because they already knew that within the corporate space, right? Like I used to work with creatives, my creative team, would never come into the office before 10 a.m., you know? So I never asked, you know, why would I put them on a call at 8 a.m. unless it was an emergency? You, I, I kind of just understood how they worked and I worked with that, but really being able to almost help, um, and you don't have to be in the creative space for this at all, but to, to almost help my clients give themselves the permission to do what it is that they want to do, especially if it's, you know, not working. I mean, after a post COVID world, we're seeing not necessarily nine to five in the office. Right. But before that, it was like a, who do you think you are? You can't, you're just not going to come into the office. Like, what are you doing then? You know, but now we're starting to see like kind of going back to that seeing to believe once people started seeing like, well, this other companies, their employees aren't going back into the office. We don't need to go into the office. Like, of course, I'm not going to like, if you want to fire me, then fire me. I'll go to that company, you know? So I think that the biggest thing kind of just to keep it high level. So it's the most relatable is helping people give themselves that permission to do whatever it is that they wanted to do, especially if it's something that they never imagined they would be doing. It's because we feel like there's we owe it to our parents, our friends, our family, like society, like, oh, I can't do this. What are people going to think? What are they going to say? How, how am I going to be perceived? There's so much judgment and everything there. So I think the most beautiful thing that I've seen, just helping facilitate and guide that process of allowing people to understand, like I have like, say like a client who would come to me and say like, 
I need to wake up every morning and go to the gym early in the morning. And it just was not her thing. Like I, she just kept like putting herself in this box that she had to do. She had to wake up and do that before work and then do work in a certain fashion that, you know, was through that nine to five box, but she left corporate. So she didn't have to do that anymore. Yet then when she was working on her own, she still found herself kind of boxing herself in and trying to show up how you were expected to in corporate. So really having these conversations with people and trying to figure out what is it that makes you feel like you still need to operate in this way, you know, especially when you've left that environment. So you don't have to do that yet. You're still kind of putting yourself in that box. So I think that's really the most beautiful, like it's just watching them have that sense of, of ownership and freedom and, and authority over their own life that they kind of gave up you know, years ago, just because how it used to be in the workplace was work is supposed to be miserable, suck it up and deal with it. It's life. You you become an adult, you're miserable, you retire. Maybe that's when you're happy. If you're even healthy enough to be happy for it. <laughs> right. And then, and then you die. Like, and now people are realizing, no, life's too short. I want to start living now. I want to take these amazing vacations and do all those things now. So I think that the biggest, the, the most beautiful transformation is really when people start kind of taking that into their own hands and knowing that they can say no to things, knowing that they can set boundaries, um, that they kind of, it's on them to give themselves the permission to do things or not do things. I I think, and I wonder, I want to know how you feel about it. I think that the post COVID world shifted everything like it just from what i've seen i don't know if you see it too like more people are experiencing like listening to that voice in them that's saying i need to step away and do my own thing more people are becoming more comfortable or interested in doing something that isn't that i can't retire until i'm 65 thing like i had a guest that said she wasn't she wanted to retire she's on track to retire when she's 40 and i'm like yeah because who wants to be 65 <laughs> or you know like yeah. I, and like you know like people i know i've seen the analytics 65s don't get mad at me like but i'm just saying there's just this this is a one-way ticket and there's just so much living to do with each day that you're fortunate enough to like have like wake up and be a part of so like I think that COVID did kind of shift some mindsets and tell people like, hey, you can do something else or try something else or go after something else, at least explore it. Even if they're still going to their regular nine to fives, they're, they definitely are thinking of other things. Have you seen that with any of your clients? Like, you know, I was going to do this forever, but then COVID hit and I'm like, nah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I think with, with not only, so there was definitely with COVID, and then also um, more recently, like in the last, you know, whatever it was, like nine months, I don't know, can't even remember when all these massive layoffs started happening, because um, I see a lot of people who've been laid off. Um, that has also radically shifted things for people because with COVID, I mean, and ultimately the biggest, um, the biggest like common denominator is a sense of loss. You're either losing family members, friends, colleagues, you're losing time, freedom, whatever it is that that COVID caused many of, I mean, everyone to lose something in some sense, and then losing your security, your safety from a, from a job loss. So there are so many people that during COVID or even, you know, just 
outside of COVID now with all of these layoffs, I've had clients who'd said, you know, I was supposed to go, I was going to go to a wedding um, across the world and it was going to be so amazing, but our company was having layoffs. So I decided not to go because I didn't want to lose my job, not because they didn't have the vacation days or anything like that. But um, they're like, oh, I just, I just, you know, we just had layoffs. So I felt bad. I, I was really loyal to the company. So whatever they ended up losing their job anyway, or people who've been at these companies for, you know, it doesn't matter if you've been there for, for six months or for, you know, 16, 16 years, whatever it is there, everyone is pouring their, their life, like literally making themselves sick for these jobs, um, that in the, they're loyal to companies that are not reciprocate. They don't reciprocate. Some of it's malintent a little bit, like a little bit of, I don't want to say malintent, but just like stupid business mistakes. At the end of the day, when it, when it comes to your, your career, everyone's a number, like a business is going to operate in a, as a business. And I think the most important thing is that it does not matter. And I tell this to people all the time, and it's hard for some people to understand. They justify, oh, well, you know, I'm the CEO of the company. No one, I, there's, how am I going to get fired? Who's going to fire me? You know, or I, you know, I'm the, I make the most money. I bring in the most clients. I'm the most, you know, dedicated or loved or whatever. It does not matter if you like, everyone is replaceable. You could have a PR disaster. You could do something, maybe your wife or your, someone does something, someone in your close circle that does something that's embarrassing, that causes shame and a PR nightmare. So that could be the reason that you are removed from the company. So it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, everyone is replaceable when it comes to the work environment, when we're working for companies, even if it's our own company, right? To your family and your friends, you're not replaced. You know, you're not replaceable. They they want you in their lives and you as an individual are not replaceable. You are unique and you are, you know, not to sound woo woo, but like you came to this, to this earth to, to share your gifts. You have unique gifts that you can share with the world. So operating out of the space of like, what do I really like? What do I really love? What lights me up as opposed to thinking, operating out of a place of, oh, I'm, you know, untouchable, you know, what can you do that's, that's lighting you up, that feeds your soul, that's, you're able to potentially share with other people because maybe you're pouring yourself into this job that doesn't make you happy, but you could really be doing something else that's really going to make you happy and you're not as burned out and you're, able to spend time with your family and travel the world or whatever it is that, you know, you're would love to have, but like, you never really look at that list because you're like, oh, it's, it's just unrealistic. Everything is possible. It's just a matter of what are you willing to shift and move around in order to make that feasible, right? Like it's, it's very interesting comparing entrepreneurship and corporate and how people spend their money. Like a lot of people I noticed, um, and this is my own experience, from the corporate standpoint, and literally, again, nothing wrong with either either path, but you're going to work. A lot of these people are going to work, and they're just they're, the money, their extra income that they have, they're spending on on numbing the feelings of like, oh, I hate this job. Like, I'm just gonna go drink and eat and do whatever it is to blow this money to take my mind off the fact that I hate this. You know, so trying to think of like where are you really getting honest with yourself and where you're spending your money and how that could be reallocated to something that either you love that lights you up and something that maybe like you were saying earlier in your experience that's fulfilling a future potential dream even if you don't know that if it's going to be a dream it may not be that dream of like maybe you're not producing but maybe you're working in that space and you wouldn't have known that unless you'd given yourself the opportunity to start producing right I, I, I did the bit. I went to film school and did all this stuff, right? Got like 
nominated for an Emmy in film school. Like did like all this, you know, everything they said, don't do this, don't take this many production classes, don't do that. I was the overachiever, did all that, made sure I got A's, made sure I got nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> you know, tried to go up for, like a lot of people don't know that if you're a film student that you can go up for contingency for um, consideration to be nominated for Emmys and Academy Awards as film students and you get to win if you're that good and like I got nominated and I was like that was like the staple I'm gonna go in and get good grades they said don't do this I'm gonna do that they said don't do this I'm gonna do that because like it was already I went to film school later in life I, I started as a model and an actress didn't like the opportunities that weren't there for black film actresses like it's just I was like so me being me okay I'm gonna create change I'm gonna go be a filmmaker make my own movies put myself in movies and everybody else and there you have it go to film school to learn how to do all this stuff I did not know like that I was going to because in my mind I'm just gonna affect change right that's that's the whole mission I'm gonna affect change I'm gonna come shake Hollywood down and stop the stereotype roles for minority women. Stop, you know, limiting roles for minority women. Like we are leading ladies. We can be in movies and do all these things just like everybody else. We can be on TV just like everybody else. This is just what I'm thinking. Fast forward to today, I'm loving the space that I'm in and that I created. Like I love the fact that I blog. I'm still writing. You know, I love the fact that I get a chance to have conversations with people like you every single week. I, I love operating in this space and producing this show and this show and the topics that we discuss and the direction that it goes, that it's going in is affecting change. Like, I don't know who whose life it touched or how many lives it touched, but I know that all of the information that I'm putting out there, all of the conversations, I know it's gonna help someone because that's the intention behind everything that I do is if someone's out there listening, someone's out there reading, for them to be like, oh, I didn't know that. Or, oh, that inspired me. Oh, that just shifted me in a way where like today I, I know now that is just confirmation to like accept that voice inside of me and listen to it and to move forward with whatever it is that I wanna do in life. That's why, and that's why like all these conversations I have, they all still kind of like tie into um, one another, because regardless if you, you want to make a career change or you want to move to a different state or, you know, you're thinking about our life. When we finally choose to say, I'm doing this for me. I want this for me. I'm not going to be afraid to live my life. And like you, if you, just in my opinion, if you have a career that you're unhappy in or that you say, I reached my potential and I need to move on. If you stay there, if you allow yourself to stay there, I feel like it can like make the rest of your life miserable. Like you, what am I doing? We're at work most of our, most of the day. We're driving there, we're driving home from there, we're spending a lot of time there. So if we're not happy in that space or growing in that space, it can spill over into the spaces where we are happy and then cause that, that domino effect so it's for anybody that's listening, like that is thinking about it or, you know, just go do it, go do it. Like, and if you need help or if you need resources, Zayna is right here. And at the end of the show, she's going to tell you <laughs> how you can reach out to her so she can give you the tools that you need 
to move forward with these things in your life. And she's dope. Like, I promise you, like, she's super dope. We've had a long conversation before even this show. And like, I want to bring her back so we can talk about all that stuff too. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Um, so before I um ask you to like talk about your your um how people can contact you and how you can be a service to them. I love to ask everyone, and I know I asked you before, and you may have a different answer today, but <laughs> um, what does selective hearing mean to you? Yeah, I love that. I was I was trying to think of what we talked about last time, um, but I do love what I, you know, when I answered it this time, regardless of whether it was the same or not, um, I think selective hearing to me right now means unapologetically listening to my intuition. Um, because just, just because I'm a coach doesn't mean that I have done, you know, I'm above anyone. I'm, you know, at the, at the next level or anything by way of being a coach, I am constantly working on myself. So just like, you know, other people, I have friends and clients that are going through things. Sometimes we as a collective go through things. So, um, unapologetically listening to my intuition um, has really, really come up for me over the last few months and just trying to see like, okay, what is, what is coming to me and why? And when I say like intuition, it's like those, we could probably do a, a whole nother episode on that in and of itself, but that, that kind of feeling or that voice inside your head, um, it could be a bodily, you know, you could feel something in your, in your stomach or your throat, but that thing, it, it doesn't come as like an aggressive, like you need to do this, but it's kind of just like a quiet a quiet whisper and you you know when you when you hear it and you start hearing it over and over again it's just that like okay why does this keep coming to me like why do i need to you know i'll give you two examples of ones that i have that have been coming up the word retreat um and then also columbia the country and i'm like i don't know if if i need to go to columbia i don't know if i'm going to meet someone from columbia but these are two two just personal examples of intuitive hits that i keep getting and I'll get them as like, I'll either hear it or the other day I was talking, I was walking with a friend um, telling her about this. And on the way home, I saw super randomly the person in front of me who was driving their license plate had a Columbia like border, like with the, the, the country name and the flags. Like I live in Austin, Texas. There's no reason for that to even, I mean, not that it's not a, like diverse here, but it was super random, like never seen that before. So just paying attention to your, your intuition and seeing where it leads you, especially if you're trying to change the way that you show up in your workplace, in your relationships, with your finances, with anything in your life. It's really a matter of assessing where am I at now? How did I get here? Um, and what can I do different? Because we'll, we, a lot of times we repeat the same patterns. So being aware of your patterns and what you've done in the past and the next time you get this opportunity or, or something is happening that you've already dealt with in the past and you keep thinking, why do I keep experiencing this? To listen and think like, okay, what's something as tiny as it can be? What's one different way that I can approach this challenge, this opportunity, this experience that may lead me on a different trajectory? Because we tend to you know, repeat the same patterns, expecting you know, different results sometimes, but that's not... Sometimes it happens if we were, you know, rinse and repeat, but after a while we're kind of ready to move on and we tend to get stuck in that safety of that hamster wheel. So really just listening to my intuition right now has been 
um, absolutely what selective hearing has been for me. It's been very, very interesting. Yeah. Listening to that voice inside. Oh, yeah, it's important to do that. It's really important to do that. Um, I heard when you were talking, I, I thought of a quote that I heard. It was like Denzel Washington said, um, don't mistake movement for progress because you can run in place. Yeah. So that has been like, since I heard that, that has been like a staple for me. Like, yeah, am I, am I moving? Am I, is it just constant movement or is it progress? And trying to like operate in that space and making sure that I listen to that voice inside of me because it's, it's not wrong. Like, it's not wrong, especially yeah. if you're hearing it like more than once. Like, hey, mm -hmm. girl, you got this. Go ahead. Go after it. You know, like, no, yeah. don't don't get it caught up in that that other voice, you know, telling you, no, 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 no. It's comfortable over here. Come lay back down. No, <laughs> no. Go with the other voice that's saying, girl, get up. You got this. You got this. <laughs> yeah. So can you share with everyone? Um who um, is listening, how they can um, reach out to you, your website, your social media, all those beautiful things. Yeah, I, on social media, I'm the most active on Instagram, but I have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, all of those are at C-Rock Coaching, S-E-A-R-O-C-K Coaching. Um, website is the same, crockcoaching.com. Um, I actually have a, uh, a free downloadable workbook. If any of your listeners are interested, if any of this has kind of sparked interest, they want to start getting clarity on where they're at, um, what they could be doing in, instead, um, in their life. Um, I have a, a free downloadable clarity workbook at crockcoaching.com slash freebie. I think you said you'll, you'll link to it in the show notes, but yeah, feel free to, to follow, um, reach out if you have any questions. I'd love to to hear from you, see what you have going on and see if there's any way I can help. So thank you for being here and everyone. Yes, it, cause I, I'll get people messaging me through the site. Like I can't find it. All you have to do is click the drop down arrow on every single episode <laughs> under the podcast tab. All the episodes are right there. And if you click on the drop down tag, um, all of the links are there. All you gotta do is click it. And it'll take you everywhere, social media, personal websites, all of that. And then I also tag and share on my social media as well. So um, thank you so much again. This was a really, really amazing conversation. And everyone else, until next week, this is Selective Hearing. Thank you.